and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. I'm Illegal86, and with my good friends Tectic and Nerd Bomber, we're taking you into the month of October. It's spooky season, guys. And the spookiest thing about spooky season is my face. Is no sick self. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's up there. But uh, no, cold and flu season is like, it's not, I mean, is it cold and flu season now? When does it start? Can we? I thought flu season, I mean, typically they always said it started like late October, but I think this year everything started early and there's so many different things now. I don't know. It's the cold started early. I don't I didn't get the flu to be clear. Like I'm fine, but I got cold and it sucks. I don't have anything specific to say other than that. Colds are bad. Like we need to get rid of that. We need to make the common cold less common. Can we? Like, can we science this? I can get behind that. Yeah. So I've been informed by Detectic, our stalwart editor, that you're not going to hear any coughs from me because he's the best editor on the planet. I'm putting pressure the on Detectic. Can you feel it? I could feel it, Mr. Graves. I think you're going to rise to the challenge. But uh, if you catch a cough here or there, that's why I have a cold. I'm getting over it. I'm doing better. Actually, if you watch the secret segment, no, the vlog from the month of September, if you're a Patreon subscriber, you're going to be like, wow, he's he's near death and uh i did that for you guys i i I waited for the peak of cold and i got on and talked about scary movies so we're not talking about scary movies today but we are talking about a couple of movies we're gonna we're just gonna fast forward right through spooky season and go right to christmas how does that how does that hit you guys i mean um I'm down for it. I I can do I do like Christmas in July sometimes. You know, I'm always down for a good Christmas movie. Yeah, I mean, well, we'll talk about this is I would say this is debatably a Christmas movie. We'll talk about it. We're going to talk about Tom Hanks, America's dad, guys. You know Tom Hanks. He might have been your dad. I don't know. If you're if you're Chet or Colin and you're listening to this, he is your dad. We'll talk about him. He's he got into the news for some AI related mischief. And then we're going to talk about Disney and another movie that's coming out for the Thanksgiving season. They tend to do this thing where they put out an animated movie near Thanksgiving. We got a trailer for that. So we're going to get into that as well. But uh, let's let's talk about Christmas first. Let's talk about Silent Night, which, first of all, before we even get into the movie, I think it's my favorite Christmas carol. That's just a fun fact about me. Really? Is that I think it's my it's the most low key, which might turn some people off. But I don't I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. What's wrong with White Christmas? Isn't White Christmas equally low-key? It's overplayed. No. It's overhyped. No, it is not. Yeah. Did you ever it see is. the Bing it's Crosby like, movie? I've seen parts. You I've need, seen all I need to see. No, you, you need to way. sit down and watch the full thing. It's literally like the most popular Christmas song of all time. So I think when I say it's overplayed, I think I have a leg to stand on here. Whereas Silent Night is, I mean, it's a traditional. I so. would argue that it's not the most popular. And Mariah Carey has now supplanted everybody as the most popular. I wonder if we every year there's that thing where like people post like the Google trends of like the Mariah Carey searches and right around now in like October, they start to see the beginning of the tidal wave. I don't know if that tidal wave has started yet, but at the very, I mean, by the time this episode comes out, maybe it, it'll be impending. So I guess uh, brace yourselves if you're not a Mariah Carey person, because that's coming. But anyway, Silent Night. This is a movie being released December 1st, 2023. So a couple months from now, you know. The relationship between Christmas and action movies is kind of interesting. Obviously, the most famous of these is Die Hard. We also recently got one called Violent Night uh, with David Harbour, which I never did wind up seeing. But Christmas and violence, for some reason, seems to be married quite often in movies. Yeah. Yeah. 
John Woo, who is a very, very famous action director, he did things like Face Off, if you're if you're a Face Off fan from like the 90s, that's like one of his big things. But he also has done a lot of movies that I think are about Hong Kong detectives that are super popular. He's a renowned action director. He is coming to direct this movie, and it's, it has a stunt coordinator from John Wick doing all the stunts, Joel Kinnaman as the lead. And uh, this trailer is intense. Let me just say that. It's an intense trailer. Also, I will, I will know. I don't know if you guys had this experience. I could not find this trailer on YouTube. I had to watch it on Twitter or X or whatever it's called. Yeah. Uh, when, I, when I searched it on YouTube, I got a lot of nonsense. So I don't know. Yeah, there's apparently a few other movies with this title that were like back in, I don't know, the 2010s or something like that. Or maybe there's one in 2020. I don't know. I watched a whole trailer from 2012. I, I don't know if you guys had this. I watched a whole trailer from 2012 and then I was like, this wasn't it. So I, I then went to Twitter and watched it. I mean, look, this is a trend, We, as you said, tactic with Christmas and violence, but also with like very intense violence in general, probably highlighted by John Wick, but other movies like, like Nobody with uh, Bob Odenkirk and like all the Liam Neeson taken. Like it's just vicious revenge stuff going on i think i'm here for it my main question is does besides the fact that it happens to take place on christmas does it have any christmas it's a christmas to movie it? it's a christmas movie so so this is a constant debate with die hard and i think we've talked about this on the show before i don't remember where we landed on it to me die hard is a christmas movie i don't think but based on the trailer this is not a christmas movie i i'll, I'll fight you on this tactic i think we haven't seen enough like i don't I'd have to watch it. So for me, Die Hard was not a Christmas movie because it didn't reference Christmas enough. It depends how many Christmas references there are in the movie, how much Christmas music is playing in the movie. That will right. determine whether or not it's a Christmas movie. Actually, let me take a step back. I think there's a key designator between a Christmas movie and not a Christmas movie. Okay, Christmas sweaters? Ty- the, the title? <laughs> the, no. Like... The okay. the plot, I think it's important for it to be a Christmas action movie. It has to be about a hero. Someone seeking vengeance, in my opinion, isn't a hero film. It's a vengeance film. Die Hard hero film. This vengeance film. I I, I think I don't think it's Christmas. Okay, so you're I, take, I take yeah, I take back what I said. I I don't necessarily agree because you could argue Jingle All the Way is a movie in which like they're oh, not really I love that movie. They're not really heroes. Don't you dare slander. They're not heroes. They're kind no, I'm saying like if that's your classification that they have to be heroes, the main character can't be a bad guy. I mean, jingle all the way. Sure there was a redemption arc at the end, but your two main characters were kind of bad guys. Yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jingle All the Way, not a good guy. That I I think that is But it wasn't a vengeance film. That's that's it's really more more not a vengeance than it is hero film i mean regardless of the vengeance thing like to use a term nerd bomber coin inadvertently past the like 20 second mark of this trailer there is nary a a preference <laughs> at all not a single one like he's wearing a christmas sweater at the beginning his child very clearly gets shot which by the way also happens in face off when it's like it's the start of the movie and then turns into a revenge thing and like we don't even see him say ho 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 or well, yeah, because it's a that. silent movie. There's no speaking. Is it? Act- yeah, there's no speaking. The whole gimmick here is that there's no, there's no speaking. I missed that entirely. Let me own that. Missed that. There's so much happening in this trailer. I'm. I wasn't expecting anyone to talk because all there is is just shooting, and also driving. I guess. Okay, that that kind of thickens the plot as far as whether it's a Christmas movie or not. But I also I didn't feel like see that a Christmas leans, tree or that anything. That leans into the theme of Silent Night. I just. I, I'm. I guess why I'm asking this question. I'm wary of. Like, I'm a Christmas movie guy. 
I'm all about Christmas. I don't want to feel marketed to and then tricked into seeing a Christmas movie that is not a Christmas movie around Christmas. Does that make sense? I don't want to be tricked. I mean, at the end of the day... I'm scared. This is kind of like, what was that David Harbour Santa movie last yeah, year? Yeah, Violent Night. Yeah. Yeah. I think it... You but that's Christmas. Go, but He's you dressed up as Santa the whole time. You, It's the same thing, though. Like, it, they're, neither of them are really, like, if you're talking about the spirit of Christmas and a movie you're going to watch every Christmas that, like, really embodies holiday warmth, these ain't it. And I think it's just trying to sell you an action movie. And from the trailer you get from both of those movies, it's just an action movie. The setting happens to be around Christmas time. Did you see Violet Night? No, it's been streaming. Like I think it hit on, what is it, Peacock or maybe Paramount? It's been on, but I've been waiting for it to be closer to the holidays because it just felt weird. You don't, I mean, you don't know. It might have a very heartfelt Christmas message in there somewhere. I doubt it. I really doubt it. I mean, Violet Night, there's no question it's a Christmas movie. This one, there is. Yeah. But like, if the only difference is because the main character is wearing a Santa costume. No, the main character is Santa. Literally Santa. Literally. He's delivering presents and everything. I feel uh, like yeah, these movies in general, like they're kind of one-off gimmicks too. Like you're not going to watch them every year. Wait, so when you think Santa, what do you envision? Do you not envision a badass that can like... No. Really? I envision Tim Allen going, ho, ho, ho. Nah. Yeah, that is... And I'm, I got my issues with Tim Allen. Let me just say that outright. He is the best Santa in film. I think, I think, I think the Santa Claus nailed Santa as a cinematic character, as a movie character. They nailed it. They nailed it to the wall. Yeah, but Tim Allen's a badass. He saved the world multiple times over, which again, case in point, Santa's a badass. I mean, does he? Like, I feel like he kind of has the world saved for him in those movies, in particular in the second one. Like, other people do all the work. But I, we're getting off topic now. But yeah, this this movie, December, December 1st, 2023. So clearly, again, being marketed as a Christmas movie or a, like, this is the kind of movie that some guy is going to be like, honey, let's go see Silent Night this friday night she's like what is it he's like it's a christmas movie and then they show up and she's like this is not a christmas movie that's i think that's the whole marketing ploy of this movie and uh i don't know it might be it might be really good i i don't honestly know i think the production value is going to be high but i don't know if the gimmick is going to be able to carry audiences through however long it is two hours what i hope there's a lot of and it it was hard to tell because there was a little bit of it seen in the trailer I hope there's a lot of like like the Home Alone traps that he had in this. Fantastic. That makes it Christmassy. But like there was also a lot of shoe sting. I stick with the traps. The traps were sweet. I think it's mostly going to be guns and like brutal like beheadings. Like I think there's going to be a lot of like just gore in this movie. If you want Home Alone, I think you should watch Home Alone. That's which also can we obviously a Christmas movie. Can we ask for a all grown up Home Alone? Where he's just setting traps. But it's not a Christmas movie. He's just a psychopath. Is it Macaulay? Yeah. Is Macaulay back? Yeah. Can we can we ask for that? There's a market for that. Let me just say that outright. I think if you if you were able to get... Well, like, look, I have a lot of issues with a lot of reboots. Oh, no. I'm not asking for a Home Alone reboot. I'm asking for this... Not a reboot. Macaulay like, Cockin um, had a ton of childhood trauma. There's no way he's okay. There's no way. If you get Macaulay Culkin, Joe Pesci... And what's his name? Daniel Handler or something? Marv, the guy who plays Marv. If you get the three of them back, and if you toss Catherine O'Hara in there, yeah, I'm, I'll, I will absolutely go to a theater and watch that. It could be getting terrible reviews. It could get like a two on Rotten Tomatoes, and I'd be like, I gotta see it. I gotta know what's going on here. Now, granted, I don't, I don't think it's ever going to happen, but 
that be that would really be something. I want Catherine O'Hara to do a series of Christmas movies every year, and I would watch them all. Is she in any other Christmas movies besides the Home Alones that I should be aware of? You made it sound. You just made it sound like there were like a bunch already. I don't, or do you just love her? I just love her. I think she is great, and her in Home Alone, and then her in literally everything else that she's done is just fantastic. She's also in Beetlejuice, which I think we talked about last mm-hmm. last week. She, and she just Creek. needs to do yeah. She just needs to do the Schitt's Creek accent, and I'm. So- oh my God, we need a Schitt's Creek Christmas reunion. Give me that. That will probably. I mean, I have to imagine that'll happen at some point. In hey, fact, I'm that, surprised it uh, hasn't happened already. But I, you know, give it time. That show's only been over for like what three, four years. I feel That'll like it's happen. been longer than that now because it hit. I thought it hit like popularity in the U.S. at the tail end of the show, and that was a bit ago. P.S. You know she's in Beetlejuice too. I mean that tracks. Uh, the last episode was in 2020. So yeah. Okay. Like three yeah. Years three it's years. Been, it's been off. Which yeah, that 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 tracks to me. Catherine O'Hara is great. She is not in Silent Night, but Silent Night looks interesting. John Woo, Lionsgate Films. The stunt guy from John Wick 4, I can't think of his name, and uh, Joel Kinnaman are going to mess some guys up December 1st, 2023. Are you interested in Silent Night? Are you interested in the premise? Are you interested in more movies like this that are, I don't know, Christmas movies, but not really? Let us know. Also, Kid Cudi's in it. Before we move on, Kid Cudi's in it. Dude, I Kid feel Cudi like we kind of glossed over that. Yeah, I forgot about it. He like You see him for like a split second in this trailer. Yeah. But... Kid just Cuddy long enough great. to be like, oh my god, that's Kid Cudi. Mm-hmm. They, they really, but they put him in to say, like, we want people to see that Kid Cudi's in it. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, let us know what you think of that. At Online Warriors 1 is our main show account on X. We also have at OWLady6, that's me, of course, at OWTactic, and at OWNerdBomber. Let us know what you're feeling about Silent Night. Don't let us know what you're feeling about Tom Hanks, because we know you probably like Tom Hanks. Like, that's not interesting Twitter discourse or X discourse. It's just... No one on no one on Twitter is talking about how great Tom Hanks is. Is that a like it's not worth the however many characters? No you one needs to. to. At this point, like you know he's great. That's it. Tom Hanks is in the news at this at this juncture because he is on the internet. It looks like using his Instagram, warning people that there is an AI generated version of his likeness being used without his consent in an online advertisement for a dental plan. Now I'm looking at this picture. I don't know if you guys are. It looks like it's him, but pretty good. I can tell it's not him. Yeah. It's like that uncanny valley feeling where like it looks close enough to him where like you might do a double take, but it's definitely like not him. But I also can understand why he's upset. Yeah. Ironically, maybe not. I mean, ironically, it's the wrong word. But like you can tell they were like, all right, we want Tom Hanks, but we want him to be showing more teeth than usual. That's like I feel like his mouth is open and his teeth are displayed in a way that he doesn't often do. If that makes sense. This is pretty messed up. There's there's a recent trend with this. Zelda Williams, who is Robin Williams, the late Robin Williams' daughter, recently took to Instagram to condemn the quote-unquote disturbing use of AI to recreate her late father's voice. We've been talking about this for a while. This was a big deal with all the strikes recently of like the WGA was fighting back against AI. I imagine SAG is also fighting back against AI. I actually don't know the details on that, but SAG, as of this recording, is still striking. I can't... It's... I've already seen stuff, and I'm sure you guys have seen stuff that is so like convincing that it fools you. And granted, nothing, nothing. I've never seen anything at this scale of like an advertisement, but it's almost like AI or people that use AI are putting out feelers to be like, "What's going to trick people?" And I'm a little gullible. We just, we just own that. We fly that flag proudly, and I'm scared for myself. I like- uh, and all, I guess also for Tom Hanks. I like to consider myself an arbiter of chaos. 
And so everyone would assume that AI makes a dental commercial and Tom Hanks is the one saying, no, 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 that's me. But no one, no one would assume that Tom Hanks did a dental commercial and AI said, no, 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 that's not me. So what we should do, folks, if you're listening, is if some like CEO somewhere makes an announcement, say, oh, no, 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 that's not me, that's AI. And really flip the flip the world on its head, guys. This is our chance. So wait, are you saying that this AI, the, the dental ad might be the real Tom Hanks? It's the real Tom Hanks and Tom Hanks. The Tom Hanks now is the AI Tom Hanks? Yeah. How can we know? That's, that's spooky, man. I mean, I feel like we can figure it out. But I'm just saying, like re- but like no one would believe that the thing challenging that, hey, no, that's me, that, that's not me, that's AI, is the AI. So that's what I'm saying. We can now discredit all announcements ever, ever, and just th- flip the world on its head. Arbiter of you're chaos. skipping ahead. I, I think you're skipping ahead to the true nightmare scenario, which is like right now, Tom Hanks can like, you can reach out and physically touch him. Uh, I mean, I can't and you know, none of you can, but like someone can reach out and physically touch him as he is saying, hey, this dental ad is not me. But like, it's if robots get far enough, you won't be able to do that anymore. The person you're touching might not be Tom Hanks. It might be Cyber, Cyber Hanks. Like... I'm not. We're not going to get there for like a jillion years. But even right now, like the on, there was a thing recently. I think we might have talked about it on the show where they released the image of that baseball player that looked like Killian Murphy or Cillian Murphy, however you pronounce it. And uh, that fooled me. I don't know. Did that fool? Do you guys remember what I'm talking about? First of all, there was like a baseball player. They put out a yeah, picture I of him. Yeah, I thought it looked nothing it was, like him. <laughs> it looked exactly like him, and I was like, oh my god, that's crazy. And then like two days later, they were like, yeah, it was AI. That was like again. That was like an innocuous example of like it felt like they were testing the waters of like what can we fool people with. I think we're there. I think we're there. I get I get I get images from my mom about news stories like oh did you see this and then I'll look I'll look for the hands I'll go no look at those hands that's that's AI. I even saw there's a TikTok going around where you know how I don't know what your algorithms are on social media and TikTok and stuff. I don't even know if you guys are on TikTok. But there are a lot of like TikTok trends of people, you know, going through the dating app experience. And there was somebody who made a video and was like screenshotting this guy's profile and all of his photos were AI generated, putting him in like places where he was like traveling. And the the main tell was that his hands were all just like effed up because AI can't do hands. Right. Well, the, the like, and you know, we're, we're talking about images. I don't, I don't know if this, I don't know if this was a video. It was a video. Like the deep fake stuff because i've seen like the deep fake tom cruise thing this was like a this was actually like a year ago where there was like this deep fake tom cruise thing that like it looked like tom cruise talking to you and saying nonsense but it looked exactly like him it sounded exactly like him i know there's like i believe shoot don't quote me on this there is deep fake legislation either going on or like enacted but i think isn't it related exclusively to the porn industry yeah yeah but like well, I, I think that's where think. it starts because like that is a, I feel like a bigger violation, although I guess it depends on what people make you say in a video, but I feel like that is like, especially because that industry and what is portrayed in the porn industry is like supposed to be consensual. And you know, when you're deep faking in that activity, it's not, and I get that words can be equally as harmful, but like, I feel like it has to start there and then it'll, it will evolve to cover all of the other instances. But like there has to be a starting point and I think that's it. I don't know that I agree. Like, like, like I get your point that like it's maybe the most the most jarring, the most shocking, the most like viscerally horrible. But like, I don't know, like if I, I can imagine watching a video of Tom Hanks saying something like brutally hurtful 
like using the n-word or something like just you know like and if it was done in such a way that it was convincing and i didn't know that it was obviously ai like i don't know like it, i just don't know where that line is like i'm glad that they're that the and, legislation... and we've seen celebrities you know just go off and do ridiculous things sometimes so like yeah it can absolutely right. just tarnish their the public's image of them it's i i guess i what i wonder is like okay there's legislation focused on the porn industry with deep faking but like why why when that legislation was written why wasn't a broader net cast of like hey deep faking is just like not okay ever <laughs> you know like like i i guess maybe because it's harder to enforce but like it's probably hard to enforce either way i i just i i don't know i have a lot of questions about that i'm but... sure there's like you can argue that it's it, that it's satire like you can you can get around copyright infringement basically by making Oh, like parody, you mean? Yeah, like parody versions of things. And so there's probably like a weird gray line that people would argue that they're floating within. Well, we're going to have to make that gray line black or white very quickly because it's it's just going to become more and more pervasive. And like one, one other point too is like if Tom Hanks isn't safe, no one is. Like, like I, I guess you can kind of flip that on its head where like Tom Hanks is probably more likely to have something AI-ified of him than like i am because no one knows who i am so like if i was in a dental lab people would be like who cares whereas if tom hanks was people would be like wow if tom hanks trusts these dentists so do i like it's he he has the most to lose and is i guess the most susceptible to it but also you would think he would have like a team of people being like hey let's make sure t hanks is only on the internet in real form that's probably also so. why they made sure the ai has really shown them teeth yeah, it's it's a weird image. I would encourage people to. Uh, They're trying to zhuzh up the the teeth exp exposure. You know what I mean. It's also you have to wonder because I was about to say like you should go look it up. But I don't know if I want to like boost viewing of this image. Like you got to be careful with that too. Like even Tom Hanks posting this image, like for all he knows, this is some kind of publicity stunt. It's not even a dental ad. It's like some internet something or other being like ha we tricked tom hanks and we made some ai image and now he's sharing it and now like you know the internet's a weird place and it's a scary place and i don't like it often but yeah the main point is tom hanks has great teeth but it's not because of this dental plan that is using his likeness which is not real it's ai tom if you want to come on the show talk to us about your experience i know you're a longtime listener uh we'd be happy to have you just reach out to us at, at our handles on x we're going to take a break now before we come back to talk about Wish, which is the name of a movie. <laughs> That's not just me saying a word. Before we do that, I would be remiss. And in fact, Patreon producer was nice enough, or Patreon supporter, I should say, was nice enough to point out that they got their first I would be remiss on video in the vlog for september that's my second time plugging the vlog for september you guys want to be on patreon you want to see these vlogs you want to see these secret segments or hear these secret segments you want to see us on patreon you want to go over to patreon.com slash online warriors podcasts consider supporting us at the night level the highest of our three levels and being a patreon producer like our good friend steven steven's been supporting us for a while at the highest level he's had multiple guest spots on the show he's had input into the weekly game segment which this week i am once again not hosting because i suck he also gets of course access to the monthly secret segment and the vlog and he gets a shout out every episode there's also a squire level of patreon support which gets you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog and a page level which gets you access to the monthly secret segment the september secret segment i don't even know what it was about let me just say that it was a couple secret segment they were uh these two were, were 
heavy necking i can only assume is that do you guys want to speak at all to that or do you want to just let that ride we were talking about how we take it easy like sunday morning okay i'll leave it vague so that you are intrigued and want to go right. subscribe and listen <laughs> mission accomplished so again it's patreon.com slash online warriors podcast head over there for all the details thanks again to steven we'll be back in a short while to talk about wish I'm Ryan Fonzie. This is Cameron Hagee. My name is Tony Giggles. And we're three dudes who love The Legend of Zelda and love talking about The Legend of Zelda. And if you are a Zelda fan as much as we are, then come on down and listen to your heart's content. We have a podcast that we'd like to share with you. It's called A for No, B for Yes. We cover the Legend of Zelda series, different games chapter by chapter, and we have all kinds of theories about what we see and what we've experienced in the game. Do you go through Wikipedia and look up stuff based on the things you see in the game to create theories to how it could link to other things in the world that we actually live in and not the Zelda one that was the one that was created by the people that are in the world that we actually live in right now? Because if you don't, then you should watch this because we do. Did you guys get all that? If not, oh, you didn't. Okay. So we are A for no B for... I'll stop. All right. We are going to talk next about Disney's Wish. Uh, this is the movie that's coming out. Wish upon a star. That was really bad. It was pitchy. I could, I could hear Doesn't it. matter where you are. Yeah, there's no news. This is I, I. They just wanted an opportunity to sing, so I figured I would, I would give that to them. This is a movie coming out November 22nd of this year. We got a trailer for this earlier this week. This okay. So I would describe the plot of this movie for you. I mean, I guess I'll give it a shot. There's a king who can grant everyone's wish, and he doesn't. And there's a girl who's like, "What if we did?" And then there's a star. I, I don't know. It, I don't want to be reductive. But I feel like I didn't learn a whole lot about what this movie is about from the trailer. I just learned that Chris Pine is the bad guy. And honestly, that part I'm really okay with. I think Chris Pine's going to be a really good bad guy. No, you're selling it wrong. You're selling it wrong. What you need to sell it is Alan Tudyk is the goat. That's how you need to sell it. That is the key. He is the, he, he is the goat. That's true. I'm coming out anti on this movie. Okay, let me just say that. I came out as kind of pro on the other movie. I'm coming out anti on this movie. And the main reason is that the anim it doesn't look done. Am I the only one who felt that way from the animation? The animation looked not very good. You think? I think they I were trying to do a blend of the 2D and 3D art style. I think that's what I was getting from what we saw in this trailer. To me, it looked more like, and I saw a couple of other opinions on X corroborating this. It looked like the render wasn't done. Like It looked like it got rushed to print. And like at this point in my life, at, at the age that I am, not that people necessarily age out of animated movies, if I'm going to see an animated movie, a, a good chunk of the reason I'm seeing it is to be wowed by the visuals and to, in particular to be wowed by visuals that I'm not able to get in live action, which is becoming less and less likely as see, special effects become better, and better. I couldn't disagree with you more. Yeah, I think that this movie, I think they were trying to do a flatter version of animation style. So like, if you look at Frozen, it's very 3D-esque. And I think while they wanted to play in that space, they wanted to take it back a little bit more to the 2D roots. So they found a blend of the two styles. And that's what was really popping out to me. I thought it looked fine I with got a that question. context in mind. Go ahead, uh, Technic. You said you had a question. I got a question for you guys. 
The star. The star in this show. Hella cute. Did they rip that design straight from Mario? Um No. No. The star is the star is like kind of chubby. Right. The there's a blue star that's in like the prison in the Mario movie. That's the one I'm referring to. Oh, the movie. Oh, 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 oh. Now I'm trying to think what that looked like. Even it's like slow mannerisms and kind of goofy chubbiness. Like that is ripped straight from that. I don't know if I could say that it's ripped because this movie has been been in development for a while. So I think that by the time the Mario movie came out, which was this year, that was already stylized. Yeah, the, I would say the timing probably doesn't work out for that. But again, I don't have context. I what if What movie. if it was a skinny star and it was well received and they said, think about the Sonic movie, right? Quick, make it chubby, make it chubby. I mean, could be, but I think... Most chubby characters, like when you're looking at cutesy character design, like chubbiness and chonkiness is inherently cute. So I don't know if it's out of the realm of possibility that both studios are like, let's make it chonky. That's going to be adorbs. Let me tell you a major power. I mentioned Chris Pine. I like Chris Pine. I think he's I think he's probably a really good voice actor. I watched, and this is not a what are you up to, but I don't think I mentioned it on the podcast. I watched Dungeons and Dragons recently, and he's delightful in that movie. I'm currently all aboard the Chris Pine train. The other thing that I think is great about this movie is that it's an hour and 32 minutes long. We need to bring back, can, can we, and this is a larger soapbox topic, but can we bring back 90 minute movies? Because they are gone and they need to come back. I mean, I'll have my people talk to your people. Movies being, like, it just feels like every movie now has to be at least two hours or, like, some people that are in charge are not interested. And I just, like, really hate that. Which and, is weird because we're in a, a, a kind of a day and age where we're just sprinting through making new content. And you'd think a shorter movie would be an easier bite right. to churn out of. But I think right now a lot of stuff is suffering from content creep. You see it in... Not so much in like television, because if anything, television has gotten shorter. But thing is that you pay like a one-time ticket for, we see content creep. And whether that's a movie yeah. in theaters or a video game, it feels like they need to justify the expense so they conflate the experience so that nobody can say, oh, well, this was too short and I didn't get my bang for my buck. Yeah, it it's almost like the opposite of um, shrinkflation, if you know what that term is. Where like Be- the price chip something- bags get smaller. Yeah, the price of something stays the same, but the bag gets smaller. It's like I, I shouldn't say the price of tickets has stayed the same because it hasn't, but like it's gone up. I feel like pretty gradually, and suddenly now, I think because everyone's worried about getting their money's worth, right? Studios are like, this has to be at least two hours, otherwise people aren't going to come. And to me, that's pointing to a larger issue, and the solution is not make it two hours. But I don't know what 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 do I know? I'm just some punk on a podcast i want to also take this opportunity to get out of this movie and i feel like i've i feel like i know what the moral of this movie is and that also uh bothers me a little bit like i know what the i know what the catharsis of this movie is going to be like the central idea is that not everyone can get their wish and that's okay and i feel like if i know that the movie is headed in that direction i don't care about watching it i don't think it's is that is that harsh i think you're wrong I think that that message is way too obvious. I think the real message isn't going to be not everyone can get their wish, but really wishes holistically are messing with fate and you should just let let life live its course. And some, you know, some days things are going to be hard and other days things are going to be great. But that's so, that message is so anti-Disney. I guess mine is too. I don't know. You have not been on the Disney train lately. And that's true. If you've watched any of the recent 
Pixar movies or Disney movies, the messages are not as hopeful as you would think. Like they're all very important messages, but it's more like confront the reality of life sort of thing in a nice, uplifting, heartfelt way. They don't try to like blind you with, oh, life is really awesome. You should think it's awesome. Don't worry about the bad stuff. They kind of confront the bad stuff and say it's okay though that stuff is bad because there are all of these other things that offset it or like the bad stuff contributes to like the holistically good life. And I think that's, they're leaning more into like realistic messages. It's not just like the princess gets the prince at the end. You know what I mean? I guess I'm, I'm sure you're right. Like, and, and you're, you're right that I'm outside the, de- the Disney ecosystem, relatively speaking. When you, when you title a movie wish and when I feel like the entire thesis of your company is when you wish upon a star, et cetera, et cetera puts you in a very interesting situation like if the moral is not just like make a wish all the time then i feel like i just feel like that's interesting like i feel like it's going against what the company is but maybe like you said the company itself is evolving i just i i was kind of inclined watching this trailer and as much as i i'm i'm coming out anti against this movie like it did cause me to think a little bit deeper about like where is this movie going to try to go and what are the implications of that? I mean, we might I even guess. be overthinking it. It might even be so far as one man should not control what everybody gets in life, which feels kind of on the nose given what Disney right. is dealing with lately. But um, and it again, seems kind of obvious. But like, but like, I don't know. You don't I, know like, which one you're gonna get. I, again, I wonder with animated movies in particular, as as an adult viewer or a potential adult viewer, am I being too? Am I being too discerning? Do I have to check that? attitude at the door i think like, you're you, being you can't, you're being the rotten tomatoes movie critic when you need to be the rotten tomatoes audience that's that's fair like you can't watch this movie in the same way that you're going to watch you know a drama that's going to be oscar nominated or whatever you have to kind of go into it ready to i don't want to say ready to be pandered to because that sounds bad but like ready to be fed a very simple message in a very light-hearted and just abundantly pleasant way like i i i feel like every time we talk about disney i always go back to like pixar and in particular how great pixar used to be in that they i feel like they really subverted that at times like they it eventually got to be too much and that's why i don't watch pixar too much anymore either but like they had this way of like you you go into these movies expecting a a very lighthearted experience and it was like almost never that and the shock value of that experience stuck with me for a while where I would show up and watch those movies and be emotionally destroyed and like I would I would like it. I think when I think about Disney animated movies, I just I don't expect to be subverted in that way ever. I expect it to be some kind of uplifting, generally amicable experience, which is not a bad thing. It's just yeah, I mean, this is all to say maybe I am overthinking it, overanalyzing it. I just need to accept it for what it is, which is an hour and a half movie about wishes. <laughs> I, I might watch this on Disney Plus. That's like, that's my, I'm certainly not going to go to see it in theaters, but I, I, I'll turn it over to you guys. And if, if you are, then try to prove me wrong, convince me wrong. I mean, I think that even going back to the original Frozen movie, it subverted my expectations. And I don't think I anticipated liking Frozen as much as I ended up liking it. And I'm anticipating something very similar with Wish here. I don't know. I I guess I don't take Disney movies as seriously. Like, I'm not trying to, to make them this, like, artistic message. I appreciate the... Like the theme? The deeper themes? Yeah, I don't know. I'm just expecting it to be because at the end of the day, it's supposed to be teaching children 
almost like adult themes and prepare them for yeah. things that they'll experience in life. And I think as an adult, you just have to go in with a mindset of, you know, I appreciate this for what it is. You appreciate the the little witty bits of humor that you wouldn't have gotten if you were a child. You appreciate the art style that you really don't notice as a kid, but like you notice things as you're watching it. And you're like, wow, that was a really interesting technique that they used here. You appreciate the music a little bit more for being more highbrow than you expect for a kid's thing. Yeah. I think well, that's, that's the other yeah. thing I was going to say is that these movies live and die by the music. Like the reason I would say a solid 80 to 90% of why Frozen was the phenomenon that it was is because of Let It Go and because of the music and because of Adina Menzel. Like if this song, if this movie has a song that's half as catchy, it'll be, it'll be a huge hit. And like even Moana, like to a lesser extent, but still to an extent, like Yo, Moana was, was a banger. It, was, it was a movie very similar to this that I think did very well and has staying power. Like I still know some of the songs because they're kind of bangers right like it's that's super important i don't know that we saw enough of the music in this trailer to know whether we're on a one-way trip to banger town or not so in that sense i guess the jury is out so but I, I didn't want to cut off your thought but that's you said mentioned the music and that was something i wanted to bring up so for me and let me be clear here you guys bring up a lot of great points but i am a child i'm just here to enjoy animated movies and just like sit back maybe i'll sing along maybe on the second watch i'll sing along because there's going to be songs but hey just inner child to me is just hungry for more animated content always period my answer's simple on this one I've, i'm gonna assume it's, it's yes just yes yeah i mean ariana debose was really good in uh west side story that's like all i've seen her in but she's got the vocal chops that much I can I can more or less confirm. So yeah, again, November twenty second, twenty twenty three. They always time these for the Thanksgiving week for families to go see it, which is you know very smart and it's good. Like it's good tradition. And again, the the fact that it's hour an hour and a half long, I I love that. <laughs> I want to like just mention that one more time because I think it's great. It doesn't happen enough. So uh, yeah, let us know what you think of the first trailer for wish if you're going to go see it and if you think i'm a crotchety old man who should just go write rotten tomatoes critics reviews and never be an audience member again because i'm sure some people think that and they're not without cause let's talk about uh what we've been up to in this week's rendition of what are you up to wednesday and let me kick it over to nerd bomber to kind of get get us going here all right so we watched a movie that came out recently on netflix and you guys know me i'm a big rom-com person you know i know you yeah. yeah and i was also kind of surprised i was talking about this with somebody else i didn't realize that there really aren't a lot of movies who you have used this name before but love at first sight this is a new one on netflix and the premise is basically that these two strangers meet in an airport because of like fate or happenstance you know the the main female character she misses her plane and it is, boy, I had her name on the tip of my tongue. Haley Relatable, Lou, Haley, Haley Lou Richardson. So you might know her from mm. like White Lotus, a bunch of other stuff. So she plays the main, you know, female lead and she misses her plane and then ends up on another flight to London where she meets, you know, another passenger and they just kind of hit it off on the plane. But then because her phone dies, she doesn't get his contact information. And it's just kind of a story about, you know, whether they can find each other again after they come together on the plane, you know, what fate dictates in our lives in terms of like love or the opportunities that we take. Jamila, Jamil? Jamila, yeah. Yes. Yeah, you got it. She's the best part about this whole thing. Yeah, she kind of is like the uh, the Cupid narrator. Almost. And yeah, she almost plays fate 
I believe in this this movie where she keeps popping up in all of these different instances, kind of, you know, guiding the characters towards each other. But ultimately, like what they end up doing is up to them. Like she presents the opportunities for them to potentially meet back together. But it's, you know, what they do that ultimately drives the the final ending of the story. This is actually really cute. It had some like some heavy themes as like undertones. But overall, like for a rom-com, it really hit home. It was super cute. I really enjoyed it. So, and I think this is another one. It was like an hour and a half. So the perfect movie time for sitting on your couch with a bucket of popcorn, relatively lightweight rom-com, anything that you could ask for in a rom-com, top tier. I'm going to go so far as to say that in that circumstance and on Netflix in particular, I don't know that there is a bad rom-com. Like, because I, I will... It was higher quality than some of the other Netflix rom-coms that we've gotten over the years. I watched recently happiness for beginners i don't know if you watched this one this one with ellie kemper and she's camping i've seen the trailer a bunch of times we haven't watched it yet really like okay i watched it i watched the whole thing i was entertained because it was a rom-com and it was on netflix it cost me zero dollars and again it was probably like an hour and a half that movie was written by a middle school girl like i you could not convince me otherwise from watching that movie but i had a good time like it's it's the stakes are just so low when you turn it on on Netflix, because exactly. if only because you could always turn it off. And if it surprises you and it's actually good, then great. And there, those do exist on Netflix. I've seen a couple myself. But I feel like Netflix should be leaning into that instead of all of these high budget action movies. Yeah, because well, yeah, the high, they're also cheap. Yeah, the high budget action movie, you have to obviously pay for all the CGI, the stunt people. There's just a lot more that goes into it. Whereas you can make a cutesy rom-com on the cheap. And you know what? The people are starved for rom-coms. Did you know that the romance novel is one of the highest growing genres in books right now? And it's because people just want something like light and fun that they can consume. They don't feel bad at the end. It's just like a good popcorn. Are we sure it's not because people are lonely? I'm just, I'm spitballing. I don't actually know. I but. mean, I'd, I don't know for sure, but I mean, I would like to think because of the, the toughness in the last five years or so, I mean, I, during the summer, I almost solely read rom-com books because it's just lightweight and it's something that I can pick up and it goes with my sunshiny vibe and it doesn't bring me down. It doesn't put me in a dark mood. You know, the world it's can fluff. get heavy. It, yeah. It's just fluffy and fun and consumable and Netflix should be leaning into rom-com and become like the rom-com portal instead of trying to be this action movie mega studio because it ain't it. Your action movies really usually aren't that good. So make the cheap yeah, I think, stuff. I believe Heart of Stone recently came out and like Didn't people that are like hey, so hard. Yeah, they're like, hey, it's bad. <laughs> and everyone's like, we're not surprised. And then like no one watched it. So Whereas, yeah, I'm like, fine to agree with you. Even oh, it was on Freebie, Amazon Freebie, the dog movie that we watched with Grant Gustin. We talked about it on the show a few weeks ago. Like, yeah, I can't remember the title of it either, but I know what you're talking about. It wasn't that great, but like for an hour and a half, it was exactly what I was hoping for. Very low stakes. Got to eat my popcorn, got to have a good time. Didn't end up like in existential dread or crisis thinking about the world. Exactly what I need. It's also the whole premise of like multiple cable channels. Hallmark. Like to just be like, yeah, not even, I mean, Hallmark is an extreme example, but even like, I can't think of another example, but there's at least three channels where like if you scroll past them on cable, they're almost always going to have some like rom-com on them. And sometimes you stay and you watch and like those channels have been around for years and they're not going away. So yeah, I support you. That's mostly what i want to talk about i have a few things that i have cooking for next week but i haven't put enough time in them yet so uh i'll keep them cooking 
Well, I'll uh, I'll hop in the kitchen in this metaphor, and I will talk about a movie that I watched. It's a movie that came out very recently. I think it actually might have come out last week. I don't love the title. It's called No One Will Save You. Oh, that's the spooky alien shit. Sorry. Sorry spooky, for my language. No, yeah, well, you're right. Spooky no. alien shit. This movie is on Hulu. It came out September 19th, so like a couple weeks ago now. Caitlin Dever, I think I'm pronouncing that right, is the main lady in this movie. There's like three lines of dialogue in this movie. If there's one thing I need you to know before going into it, it's that. This movie, look, it had some ups, it had some downs. It had the feel of a movie that... It is a horror movie about aliens, ostensibly. However, at various points in the movie, it's fairly clear that the writer of this movie really wanted to write a movie about something else. And someone, somewhere along the way, was like, no, you have to write this movie about aliens and scary stuff. And they were like, all right, I guess I'll do that. On Rotten Tomatoes, it's very confusing. 82% certified fresh critic score... 57% 57% audience score. So You know how I feel about the audience score. Kind of flying in the face of what typically happens on Rotten Tomatoes. I would probably lean closer to the audience score. It did not knock my socks off. It did have its moments, if only because Caitlin Dever is like a good actress. But it's an hour and 33 minutes. That's, that's an ongoing theme here. In that sense, you can't go wrong. It's amusing. It's entertaining. It's, it's good for spooky season because it, it has its spooky times. So I will make mention of that. And then I will also mention that I'm continuing. I might have mentioned this on a previous episode a while ago. I'm continuing to read a book called The Moonflower Murders, which is another kind of metafictional murder mystery by Anthony Horowitz. It's like a jillion pages. I'm halfway through it. So I kind of just want to mention that I'm still working on that. If I haven't mentioned it in a previous show, then I'm reading The Moonflower Murders. It's very similar to Magpie Murders, which I've talked about on the show before. Really, really great murder mystery if you're into that sort of thing. And uh, yeah, kind of just continuing on with that. So with that in mind, I will turn things over to Tactic to finish us out. Guys, we went curling. I saw video footage of this, by the way. And I, when, I say, when I say we're Olympic ready, we're Olympic ready. We want first games ever played in our lives. We went 2-0. and We just crushed it. The co- either, either we're Olympic ready or the competition just was not ready because... Whew, my goodness. This is a story for a secret segment, but I went curling a couple of years ago at the same place you guys went curling, and I almost passed out. And I know what you're thinking. You passed out? Almost passed out. And I know what you're thinking. How? And that is a good question for another time. Because it's, really, it's a pretty long story, but I'm glad you, that didn't happen to you guys. But yeah, it was so good time. if you've never curled before, it's kind of like bowling meets darts but it's like shuffleboard so, but yeah but not really darts. so you have this like it looks like a target but it's not so much a target as much as it's like a beacon of where you want to do it the goal is to just have the rock closest to the center whichever team has the rock closest to the center gets the point in that stretch basically and if you have multiples closest to the center you get multiple points from that round now the bowling side of it is kind of interesting. You have someone on the other side of the court and they're kind of telling you, hey, put it over here and put a spin on it because they're watching the way the ice is going the whole time. And they're telling you, okay, based on the way that the ice is, there's a pull to the left or a pull to the right. And so they will direct you what kind of spin you want, where where you want it to go. And then 
after you then have it set off on its journey, it doesn't even stop there. Then you got these sweepers that are trying to make the ice ice slicker if it's going too slow, or they're not sweeping at all. They're just kind of keeping up with it to making sure that they don't need to sweep. There's just a lot of elements to this, and it's a super fun time. So if you haven't tried it, check out curling, guys. It's great. My biggest thing was I was just happy I didn't slip on the ice. Yeah, it's that's actually that's not what happened to me that caused me to almost pass out. But well, they give it's you close the, to what happened to me. They the grippies, rubbers. the grippies on your feet. I was using the oh not I was using the like they give you like a PVC thing that like you can like because when you gotta when you push the stone you gotta do like this very graceful lithe like you gotta like stretch out and it's very easy in that situation to lose your balance if you don't have something to hold on to. So they give you this like training wheels looking kind of thing. And uh, hey, it's not training yeah. wheels because even the professionals can use them. Yeah, those things can be used all the way up to Olympic level. But they did give you grippies that you like put on the bottom of your shoe. And then it's like walking on regular floor. Like you don't slip or slide at all. It's extremely fun. I, I will, I'm like, if you're out there being like, oh my God, Legal 86 almost died doing this it was because i was stupid so like why did you die you gotta tell us i'm very confused i the the grippy th- i hadn't eaten all day and we did it at like 7 p.m first of all that's why let me just that's why and i went i they it was, it was a big group of people they were like who wants to volunteer to go first and they used me as like the test dummy i was like yes me and they were all i was all excited and i got up there to do it and i like i did the thing where you push the stone and i i wobbled too much and the the like training wheel thing tipped and then I was still pushing down on it and it pinned my one of my fingers between that thing and the ice like really hard. And I don't know if you've experienced this. If you like if you don't eat anything all day and your blood sugar is low and suddenly you experience a lot of pain, you get you get woozy. And uh, that's what happened to me. And everybody laughed and it was really embarrassing. But that won't happen to you. You should go. You should go. You should go do it. It's really fun. So that's my that's my curling story. Thank you for making me share that with our audience. Don't tell anyone, audience. We're going to tell everybody. We're going to send that to the curling instructor and be like, here, this guy is a woozy. Yeah, I'm a woozy, I'm a woozy guy. But uh, I'm glad that was fun. Was Anything great. else to share with us? Nope, that's it. Well, in that case, I think someone here is going to take us on a magical quiz journey. And I'm going to once again try and get the egg off my face because it's been brutal for, for your boy. Looking at the rankings, Tactic 10 and 8, the current victor, Nerd Bomber 10 and 10, your boy 8 and 14, and uh, Steven 3 and 1. And I believe Nerd Bomber is hosting today, so it's it's me versus the big dog. Look, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie to you guys. My confidence level is, has never been lower, but I'm, I'm here to play. Well, this week it's all about trombones, so play you shall. Play the horn. As always, it's going to be Price is Right style, so numerical answers. Whoever gets it right without going over or gets closest without going over gets the point. And there's five questions. And we'll let Tactic go first to give Illegal a little bit of an advantage. And you can yeah, I need all the help only I can plus one once a game. All right. First question. Christoph Willibald Gluck was the first major composer to use the trombone in an opera overture. I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this right, but Alceste. What year was this? This was 1235. Oh, man. Man, was opera even going on back then? I suppose it probably was. First of all, can you imagine like walking on the street? Someone's like, you got, guy, you want to go to the opera tonight? They got this new thing called the trombone. And he'd be like, it the was what? lit. I'm going to take a risk here. I, I got to just start swinging. What was your answer? 1235? 1236. Plus one right out of the gate. And it was a very effective plus one. It was 1767. Wow. So they were tromboning for yeah. not that long. So I had some room, but I, hey, a point's a point at this, at this juncture. Okay, good. 
Next question. The Hornbostel sax system is a musical instrument classification system modeled on the Dewey Decimal Classification for libraries. What is the Hornbostel sax classification number for the trombone? Is this just, is it just a straight up number? It's a number it with like two decimals after, dot- but... Okay. You can give me a straight up number and it'll be close enough. I'll give you the straight up number. Uh, 182 for sure. It's, I'm not, I don't know. It's 76.39. And Illegal takes the second point Shit. of the night. It is 423.22. <laughs> that is exactly, this is exactly the, this is my speed of quiz. It's just, just say a number. That was basically what that question was. Just say a number. What do you think? I'll take the point. So it's two nothing. Tactic, if you have hope of winning, you have to step it up. So trombone bells are usually constructed of different brass mixtures. The most common is yellow brass, which contains both copper and zinc. What percentage of yellow brass is zinc? This is 12.2%. Gotta be higher than that. First of all, copper is more valuable. Second of all, if it was that much copper, it would be redder. This is yellow brass. And also pennies. Think about pennies. Pennies are, they look like pennies. And they're mostly good an these days, guys. That's okay. Chill. Uh, I'm gonna go. With, <laughs> you're you're not wrong. I'm gonna go with thirty five percent. Ooh, so close yet so far. Thirty percent. So tactic gets his first point here. That's butts. That's so. That's you were butts. very close. All right. So this one's a fun one. In 2016, trombone players in New York gathered to try to break the world's largest flash mob record. How many trombone players were there? Seventeen hundred. How was that for a quick answer, tactic? So we've been duped by these kind of questions before, where we put an absorbent amount of people, and it's it's always less. 1,700 people is a lot of people. So I'm going to say it was like, like a group of 15 friends. Tactic ties it up. It was 384 people. So he was definitely closer than illegal, but... A uh, bunch of buds. But a little bit more than 15 buds. You went against your typical logic. The tactic from multiple previous episodes would have just chewed you out right now for not just plus warning me as like a as like a logic thing. But, but here's it, the it, other it here's the other it. side of it. The strategist that you were threw intentionally threw out a super high number because you knew I was going to do that. Yeah, so, to some extent that's true. This is the last question. Technically it's still within the bounds of the game, but do you want to do like tiebreaker rules since it is tied up or do you just want to do standard like play the game? Okay, okay, okay. Let's, let's just let's just play it standard. I mean I can't we both use our plus one, so it's I didn't use my play, plus one, point. but Oh right, that's a fair point. But he can't plus one it, Yeah, it is what it he is. He goes first. What was the highest concurrent player count on Steam for the absurdly fun game Trombone Champs, which we have talked about on this show? Can you repeat the question? What was the highest concurrent player count on Steam for the absurdly fun game Trombone Champs, which we have talked about on this podcast? Can you use it in a sentence? Trombone Champs, where you use your potentially Switch controllers to make your trombone go... The sentence is just Trombone Champs. The highest concurrent player count was 2,056 players. It's a strong guess, Tactic. It's a strong guess. I'm not going to overthink this. I think it's less. I'm going to say, I'm just going to cut it in half and say a, a thousand. And that worked. Illegal gets his first win in a long time. It was a thousand and sixty-seven and it was just over 13 months Oof. ago. We so look, close to busting. It was... You would have busted that, I mean, hard. That was intense. We were basically camping. That was so intense. You dropped 10 and 9. I dropped to... Or I go up to 9 and 14. Now, I will be hosting a quiz 
we're double turning, so we're not going to be doing a quiz the next episode we record. So, but I will be hosting the next quiz, and uh, it's going to be a doozy. If only because I'll be hosting it. Be on the lookout for that. I mean, ten and ten versus ten and nine. You guys are basically tied. The winner is going to be the the, the top dog of that, right? Am I my am I good at math? If she wins, she'll be eleven and ten, and you'll be ten and ten. So yeah, she'll be better than you officially. So it's 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 all up for grabs next week or next quiz, whatever it is. So be on the lookout for that. We thank you all for listening. You can head over to patreon.com again for the details on that. Patreon.com slash online warriors podcast. If you want to consider giving back to the show, helping us keep the mics on. You can also go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review there. We'd love to hear from you. And head over to X and leave us some, I don't know. I I, I was going to say leave us some tweets. That's not really how it works. But hit us up there at the handles mentioned previously in the episode. We'd love to talk with you. And uh, we'll be back next week to... uh, talk with you more about some pop culture stuff. In the meantime, stay safe and keep on podcasting.